in case you missed it, my book Anatomy of Abundance hit the market and it is officially an Amazon bestseller. We couldn't have done it without your help. Thank you for being here and supporting me. If you haven't picked up your copy, pick it up today. Learn how to transcend the limits of scarcity and rewrite your life's narrative, transforming it into a story of boundless prosperity and fulfillment with Anatomy of Abundance. Join renowned author Petrina Wisdom and 16 Brilliant Minds on a Transformative Journey. Discover awe-inspiring narratives and empowering strategies to attain abundance in relationships, career, health, and wealth. Every purchase breathes life into a remarkable cause, donating book proceeds to the Shine Organization. Shine Organization empowers sex trafficking survivors to break free from scarcity, fear, and past traumas, and boldly create their own unique path to abundance through entrepreneurship. Buy your copy today. You're listening to Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast where we spotlight women who've gone from managing to mastering life's challenges and the badass practitioners that are changing the way we heal. I'm Dr. Sabrina Nicole, psychologist, coach, author, and speaker. But more importantly, I'm a woman who had my own journey to mastering chronic pain. You don't need to be stuck anymore. Fuck that. Hello there. Manpreet Bawa is my guest today, and he's going to be talking about awakening, mindfulness, spirituality, breaking your patterns, getting unstuck, and about all those beautiful things like self-worth, love, freedom, and the power of choices. So my guest today has had 20 years as an IT professional in corporate America. Manpreet had it all, but he was unfulfilled and unhappy for not being in control. Suddenly, he realized if he died tomorrow, all he'd be known for was 20 years of career success and nothing else. And that wasn't enough for him. So he worked feverishly to get out of an unfulfilling rut. Now he helps other successful professionals find purpose and meaning after success. Manpreet wears multiple hats as a father, son, husband, and friend to many beautiful souls. In his free time, you can find him on walks, listening to audiobooks, or just sitting and doing nothing. He's passionate about sharing what his mindfulness journey has taught him. Welcome, Manpreet. Thank you, Sabrina. It's so good to be here with you. I, I, you know, we were resonating on our first conversation, and it just took us so deep and took a journey of its own. So I'm just excited to see what unfolds as you prompt me and bring out the things that I don't even know exist. I know. So, wow. So 20 years. After 20 years, most people would say, oh, no, I'm just going to keep going and stay with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's okay if that that happens and if that's, you know, you're happy. I always had, I wanted to do something. And I guess I kept getting distracted or pulled in by the things or the rules that society tells the things you should be doing, you know, staying in a good job, making good money, buying a home, getting married, children. And I tried it all. And (laughs) what's next? Next is always like bigger houses, more money, but it's always the more of what you've already done. And that to me was like, there's something missing. You know, I, I felt the need and I, I, I think, what happens is when you're in the uh, that 
rut where you're just running and doing everything where it becomes normal and you're doing the mundane things, you sort of uh, get uh, sucked in and you, uh, you know, you're like hypnotized. You don't even know. You're a toy that is running on battery and every night you charge and the next morning you put in the same thing, same chores, same 10 things you do, same kind of uh, people you meet, same food you eat. And it's just, you know, over and over, same thing. And, and, um, to a lot of us, it seems like, okay, life is good because, you know, it's, it's not exerting any, um, additional energy. And, um, I, I think it's just, uh, it depends on person, but most of us feel that there's a need of, you know, being seen in a way that makes you hero in your own eyes. And, and that being hero in your own eyes is different for different people. Um, some, for some people it's just, you know, being able to take care of your family. That's being hero. That's awesome. And I've been that hero. You have been that hero. A lot of people are in that places and it's amazing. And then <laughs> the thing is that if you've seen that movie so many times, <laughs> you realize that hero is now, you know, you cannot, there's only so many times you can watch the same movie, listen to the same music. You want variety. Life wants variety. And for me, that variety was in quest of finding what am I here for? I, I could not have been born and just to struggle or just to, you know, find happiness. So that's what led me to find deeper meanings of what am I supposed to be doing uh, with life? And, um, you know, one thing led to the another, and here we are, two and a half years later, I'm talking to people how some of the things that I used to uncover myself helped me and uh, be able to see life differently. So how did that um, that journey begin? You know, because sometimes when you're feeling this, you know, unfulfilled, like sometimes you feel it mm. in various places in your body, for one. You're like, something just feels off. Yeah. So what was that like for you? Yeah, for me, there were a combination of things. Uh, one, I was, I always wanted to do something on my, like I wanted that control where nobody is telling me what to do. And I was time and again put in position because I, you know, when you work for an employer, they dictate what you do, when you do it, when you go on holidays. And time and again, I you would get in those comfort uncomfortable situations where I'm like, no, I don't want this. I, you know, I don't want nobody controlling and telling me how many days I can take off or where I can work from. Uh, but, you know, I understand when you work for employers, they have their rules. They, you know, you don't have special, <laughs> you're not special to them. You are. So, so those little itches that I had um, that kept rubbing, uh, and that kept me saying that, okay, I want to be in control. I want to be my own boss. And uh, so when I said, okay, I, it's time to change. Like I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. Which one of the questions was, if I die tomorrow, you know, what would people say? So and uh, it was not acceptable for me that I, I did not do anything. Like I did not change a single soul's life. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what was my 
uh, you know, life worth than just making money, <laughs> living like it's, it just felt so useless to me. And I'm not saying it's for everybody. People have different ways. For me, it felt that, you know, my worthiness comes from uh, being able to serve. And I don't know how it is in my DNA, what got into me, but I, I wanted to feel that worthiness. And that is what kept me unful- uh, fulfilled. So what I started doing was one of the things I needed to do was to create time for myself, mm-hmm. right? Because I, if I'm working uh, 12, 13, 14 hours a job, and then I have, you have young children, you know, you're newly married, you're trying to settle in a new country, there's only so much time you have. So I rec- recognize I needed to create time so I can come up with what do I want to do next? Like, what do I want to do in order to serve? Um, so the very first thing I did was I, I had a call with my employer and I told them that, you know, I'm not happy doing what I'm doing and I want to take time. I took some time off and then I uh, went back and I told them that I want to cut down on my responsibilities and they wanted to offer me, you know, to see what they can offer me to do more for them rather than cutting down. You know, it's an interesting, <laughs> uh, it's an interesting place. I've never uh, before. Maybe I, I've never walked into a seat where I just didn't want anything for an employer. Like if in previous uh, twenty years, every time I sat down to negotiate, I wanted something. Mm-hmm. I may have played. I didn't want it. I didn't care. But this time, I actually didn't want anything from them. Only thing I wanted was. I can only do this much amount of work for you. And if it works, I'll stay. If it doesn't work, I'll find somewhere else where it works. And I didn't recognize at that point, but as I look back, I recognize how powerful for me it was to being in a capacity that I didn't need. I didn't need anything because they were, you know, they were telling me, okay, tell me, at least tell me your price. That's what literally wow. they were saying in, in different ways. like. Oh, what can we offer? Is there a role you like? What excites you? What do you want to do? Um, do you want to have a higher budget to do things? Do you want to try new things? And obviously, a, a, any employer who wants to retain an employer and willing to uh, do things for the employee would ask those things, okay, what can we do? They were also trying to figure out, like, what was going on in my head? Like, <laughs> you know, I was told I was being unconventional because uh, it is not conventional. Um, for somebody having so many responsibilities and ready to give up everything and don't it's not even asking you know give me money or i'm leaving he's just saying give me time or i'm leaving and uh, so it, it, it's beautiful to watch that i did not know anything uh, at that at the impact that time only thing i knew that i wanted to create time so that you know staying in to that power that i wanted to create time because i didn't want to be living like this forever so the modern world bombards our brains with an overwhelming amount of inputs and stressors our brains are struggling to adapt a lack of brain balance means many of us are anxious looking for energy in the wrong places and struggling to get a good night's sleep the solution is brain tap brain tap combines a variety of proven methods that restore balance to your brain for optimal performance of mind and body. 
This technology communicates directly with your brain so you don't have to do anything. Simply sit back, relax, and push play. Central to BrainTap technology is the concept of brainwave entrainment. The brain will naturally synchronize with external rhythms. And several modalities are used to accomplish this, including binaural beats, isochronic tones, guided visualization, 10-cycle holographic music, and with the BrainTap headset, you'll have the added benefit of light frequencies. The overall benefits of BrainTap include improved clarity, improved quality of sleep, and more energy. Start your brain fitness journey today with a 14-day free trial. Click on the link in the show notes. And then I took time and uh, I started. The first day I thought <laughs> that I was going to change my life completely in one day. <laughs> I had <laughs> planned for doing walk, meditation, dropping kids, cooking food, uh, reading books, you know. And by 9, 9 a.m., all those plans were in the gutter because I just slept, overslept. And as I recognized it, it doesn't work that way. I, you know, I've lived certain way for um, 20 years. All of a sudden, I, I cannot fool my mind. Like, it was like, I'm telling my mind, oh, I want to do this, this, and my mind is laughing. You've not done that, man. What are you talking? <laughs> You've not been that person for 20 years, and all of a sudden, you want us to now go to walk, sit down in meditation, read books. <laughs> not happening. And it didn't happen. And then I started to uh, shift. I, I listened to somebody on a podcast, and they suggested that what you should do is when you're starting a changes, uh, start small. Pick up something so small that your brain does not fight against it. And I had to come up with something where you know, my body, my mind has no reference. Like it, it doesn't say that, oh, you tried it in past and you failed. So, uh, you know, and, and for me, uh, unfamously, uh, it was just brushing before the bed. I, I didn't have that habit. I would just brush once a day. So I had to pick up. It was still uncomfortable because it's not a habit. Uh, but it was so small that my brain did not. It's like, okay, anybody can brush you know, spend two minutes to brush every night before you go bed. And some nights where I forgot and I got into the bed without brushing, I had to get up and, you know, uncomfortable. My body didn't want to, you know, it, it was like, okay, it's, it's okay. One day just get, <laughs> you know, you hear those voices. Yes. But I had learned by that. I had to keep the promises I make to myself. Mm -hmm. That's the only way I come out of this. And so that brushing teeth started um, it started working. Then I next, I think 30, 40 days later, I started going in a walk, 15 minute walk a day. I said, I'll go 15 minutes, nothing more. Sometimes it was in morning. Sometimes it was in the evening. Whatever worked, I went for it. And that 15 minute walk turned to 30 to 40 to hour. I would go three, four miles a walk. I would listen to audio books as I'm on the walks started meditating i started trying all kind of different things i listened to tony robbins and Milet, Sadhguru. i started looking at yoga but it was all in quest to find what sticks with me like what i naturally align with sure and, and what, what was going to resonate with you you had to yeah. find something that resonated strong enough to continue it yeah yeah and and so but you know the all that to say that st starting small and then trying, trying, trying until something 
headstand and you say, okay, this feels home. This I can do. This I love. You know, it's like when you've done so many, uh, so many things in 20 years in the same way, you almost forget what happiness is, what you love, what you enjoy, because we get bored of doing those things. And now you don't even know what you love to do. So I had to, in a way, find those things, what I enjoy, and also look into, uh, keep reflecting on my life uh, and trying to find out for my childhood, what was what were the things I wanted to do that I didn't do? What is there something that I enjoyed that I can bring back from there and try it now? Some of the things I brought, I didn't enjoy them anymore. And some of the things I just, you know, I, it was just, a process of relearning for myself what works and that process of uh, you know just keeping my promises to myself it just made me so much more happier because it brought the trust i had lost with myself like i had to buy that trust back because so many times i said i was gonna do this and i didn't do it i didn't tell anybody but i told myself that i was gonna you know go and on a healthy diet or I was going to go do gym for uh, uh, every day or I was going to wake up every morning early and do this. And I Every time, <laughs> every opportunity, I let it go because there were things that I wasn't ready to do. I didn't feel, you know, the need to do it. But starting small and then keeping those small promises just helped me build to take on big things. And along the way, I recognized that something that really keeps me peace is when I sit in meditation or listen to some spiritual wisdom or, uh, you know, interact and have those conversations, like deep conversations that made me so much peaceful. But initially I didn't recognize it. Like it was more like I was enjoying some things that I, you know, really liked. That was, I called me time. But on the side, I was, I had this thing, maybe I want to build that technology company that I was going to do this something differently. And and uh, the <laughs> what happened one day was I was meditating. So every time I would meditate or visions, my visions would be, you know, I'm recognizing people on the stage. I'm giving them awards. I'm helping them see themselves. You know, so it was more like I was uplifting those people. It was never about the company that I was doing you know, brilliant in technology or changing something in technology. So so I realized that, oh, wait a minute. If I want to make people happy, if I want to turn their lives and if, if I want to uplift them, you know, motivate them, inspire them, I don't need to build a company to do that. Wow. A technology company, right? I can go do just that. And that shifted me more into coaching, mentoring, and uh, initially it was mindset. And eventually, as I learned more about what makes me happy, what comes naturally through me, um, I leaned more into the spirituality. I still, you know, would throw in science or, you know, the motivation because it helps, you know, all those things helps. There's nothing wrong with it, but I guess my strength comes from, knowing within and I help people get there when they can know themselves. Everything else is just like, a, <laughs> it's just a charade. It settles down. Yeah. I think once you um, 
discover going in, like, you're like, wait, I like it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, once you realize what's on the other side of, of the fear of one examining our, ourselves in that way. Um, yeah. But once we get over that fear, then it's like, no, there's something unexpected there and it's okay. We live mm. these regimented lives, you know, following the schedule. And it's almost like you were talking about giving yourself a new schedule. <laughs> Yeah. And your body was like, no, not yet. That's not how we do it. Yeah. Mm. So maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, fear. Because sometimes people have this feeling like, oh, this is not right for me anymore. Mm. But they don't listen to it. They try to just keep operating in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Fear is an interesting one. It, it just there it's going to be always there what what's interesting about fear is like um trying to remember who said this but there's a quote that says uh, fear often tells us what we shouldn't be doing but more often is telling us what we should be doing right mm-hmm. we there are situations when you're in threat when you're really life threatening situations but those are like less than uh, 0.001% in our lives now for most people, you know, yes, people who are in, um, you know, in right now in war in Ukraine, Russia, there is a real fear there, but me and you sitting in our room, there's not that fear. So it's, uh, so first thing is that, you know, recognizing that fear is just, it's going to be there. It's a mechanism that our body has acquired to, alert us of something that is not normal. What happens is, what is not normal is what is new to your body, to your mind, that you have not done. And that alerts the body, that it signals there is something new. But too often, we take action that something is new, so maybe we shouldn't be doing. Whereas this fear is just it's, it's indicating is something new. And if you just took one step or tried too many uh, two times, three times, it becomes familiar. And they're like, yeah, it's just like anything we, that we learned, whether it was walking, driving, cycling, uh, swimming, there's fear involved. The only thing we knew in that is fear is this. Just, we In those conditions, we knew that is something that we have not tried. We have to go through it. Once we do the reputations, it's going to build up and it's going to become familiar. So fear is basically telling you things that are unfamiliar. And all you need to know is that if you do it a few times, uh, it's going to become familiar. It's going to become part of it. Fear will go. So that's one way to see fear uh, as, uh, you know, look at the fear. The more, I guess, spiritual side uh, way of looking at fear is just, it's just a, <laughs> it's just a liar in so many ways. It's, you know, getting, it is speaking to you in logic and reasoning. So fear would say things like, um, you know, come with me and I'll get you do this thing. And whereas if you lean into love, which is the antidote to fear is, I was saying that you have it all in this moment. You don't need to go. Like if you lean into love, um, you know, any situation you go on, if you just leave into your heart and love, like even if you're in most uh, situation where, you know, uh, you're afraid, for example, uh, let's say something had happened at work and, um, you know, and you're afraid you go into the meeting, the boss is going to 
uh, yell at you and all that. And it makes you fearful. Uh, but if you lean into your love, it's like, okay. What, what he does, what he does is his thing. It's not me. I can control my emotions. I don't need to feel what he will do or not do and have that, you know, affect my body. So you have to just lean into yourself, loving yourself. I mean, accepting that it's okay. You know, accepting what people do is also okay. Uh, it may not be uh, resonating, uh, but it's also, it's not for you to decide what they should or not uh, do, just like they shouldn't be deciding what you should do or do. So I, I think leaning on love is a powerful, powerful thing. And it takes time. It takes practice to recognize how to bring love. Like in a lot of fearful situations, when you feel fear, ask yourself, how can I bring love in this situation? Just one person, not more than like, can I bring some love in this situation? Can I see that person who's going to get angry at me with love? Because, you know, if you look at the most happy people, you would say that it's easier to hang out with the happy people, right? It's become so natural. Somebody is happy, you will going to enjoy their company. And that says a lot about unhappy people. They are not unhappy and inside. There's no way you're going to enjoy their company. They're not going to treat you nicely because it's so much effort to be unhappy inside and, you know, do nice things for others because you're not happy inside. And that energy, energy is contagious. Yeah. And but, but when you recognize that, that if somebody is not behaving the way you want, like they're not nice, and you recognize, hmm, maybe there is something not well inside them maybe their life maybe there's some you know giving them grace you yes. learn grace in that moment and and then you learn love like you are able to give love so you recognize you're walking into a meeting where you know your boss is not gonna be happy or is gonna scream or whatever but you recognize that you know it's, it's his job that you know to deliver certain things if things go wrong he's the one responsible and Maybe be there are things in his life that he's not happy about. He's not going to be nice when he's unhappy. So you come up with the position of love. So you don't take personal on what he's or she's going to say. And that allows you to just accept yourself more. Like you accept what the reality is. You are not fighting against the reality. You're not saying, why me? Why am I abused? And I'm not by any means saying, saying, toxic relationship or abuse but most of the situations are not that there are some and one should be standing for them uh standing for yourself but you can still stand with love like you can stand in power with love like you don't have you know you cannot do these things and i send you blessings but i'm not gonna work here or i'm not gonna be in this situation wow so, so all that to say that lean into your heart when you open your heart up it's amazing you know um here, here is uh, something i find very um amazing that it interests me it, it like makes me wonder so much is that when when you are operating from your heart like you want to give you you there's nothing that can stop you from giving like uh, even if you met that person on the road and you saw that person with love, you wouldn't want to do 
anything to make them happy. And in that, you will find peace. In that, you'll find love. In that, you'll find grace. And that's, you know, that to me is purpose of being alive. And whereas when you're operating from fear or your mind, it's always wants to, you're going to get hurt. Don't do this. You know, it, it makes you put you in position. So when you feel fear, feel it in your body, like fear is in your body and trying to see what it is telling. Usually there is some unseen event from the childhood that has been sitting in your body and all it wants to be seen. You know, um, we were uh, last year in August, we were having a uh, home renovation and the renovation project was supposed to end in October. It actually ended up in February. So it was six months late. And um, my the main building contractor, I was having a very hard time interacting with him because the minute I pointed something wrong, he would like get angry, he would get loud, and it would shut me down. Like, So here am I, a 44-year-old man. I'm the one paying for the job. <laughs> It's my house. I am the one giving him the job, right? And yet I'm scared to ask him anything. Like simple things. Can you put a switch socket there? I had to lean into like, where is that fear coming from? Like, what is it? Like I would become numb. I mean, it made me hate me uh, initially. I would, you know, it was not just that I was being afraid. I was being afraid and watching myself being afraid. I was being ashamed. Mm-hmm. Watching me being ashamed, I was feeling guilt. Like, what is it? Why cannot I do it? Why cannot I go uh, be, you know, uh, firm with him? And I recognize that in all that situation, him being loud somehow unconsciously took me to childhood where a parent or adult was loud and I it made me numb. And I all those patterns were still living in my body. So him being loud made me numb in those moments and I had to just be there recognize us there and just love that child I was 40 years or you know 30 years ago five six years old who just didn't know better than you know and I started saying to myself he you know in this whole thing rather than blaming the building contractor I started to say that he's my teacher he's teaching me mm-hmm where I need to work. And it took time. I mean, it was not easy. Like I can still feel those emotional things like seeing, but that's the only thing, the only way for me to come and bring peace to those situations was being able to bring love in the situation for myself and for the person who was, you know, not doing right the way I wanted. And so it made things easier. It, it's not that he, it changed him overnight, but I saw, I saw change in his behavior. Started to become a little more calmer while talking. He started to accept things, and I didn't say anything. I just stopped arguing. Like I stopped asking. But every time I felt like I was being numb, I just started started to see where can I bring love whether it was for myself or whether it was for that person, I started saying prayers silently for him before I went to bed. It just, you know, it just brought so much peace to me. And 
I, I know the ego can be like, oh, I'm paying money. Why should I be saying prayer? Mm-hmm. But what is more important, your inner peace or the fight with the person that, you know, now it does not matter. He's finished home. He's gone he's on his way. And so. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's beautiful that you viewed him as your teacher because it's almost like, you know, if we haven't mastered a lesson, we're going to have to repeat the class. You know what I mean? Like we're going to have another circumstance, a situation that's going to take us right back there to see if we can resolve this in a different manner. Yeah. And and thing is, when I come into these situations, I ask, there are two questions I, impo- I ask. One is, what is what is there that I'm resisting? Like what's happening that I'm just trying to resist? I'm not letting it happen. I want to control because I, I'm so firm to control that situation. I'm so determined to get those results. So I'm resisting to what is coming. And it's, every time I'll find that answer that I'm resisting to this. Um, so that's one. Second question that has helped me is, is asking where is my faith? Like who am I making my God? Like when I say this is not working, I need to talk to him. I need to talk to him. I need to make him understand. I'm making him the God. I'm making that situation that is not working God because all my focus is there. Like that's all that's taking my energy. So I, God in, in a way for me is where I'm putting all my energy. Like if I'm putting it all in, into that negative outcome, that's my God. And I, I, I cannot be surprised if that becomes normal, that becomes more and more of it. Um, but if I have faith, I, if I truly, truly knew who I am, and if I truly had a faith on something we call God, I wouldn't worry what that XYZ person is going to do because I knew I am going to be taken care of regardless of what one life situation or what somebody says or tells me, they do not control my destiny. It is already been written. It's all, all I need to do is move from fear to the faith that I'm going to be taken care of. And these two questions always like pull me back because it's so easy to get sucked up with the situation through the people um, when they, you know they want to pull you up. Uh, and I always sit down and reflect, who am I making my God? Because if I am uncomfortable, that means I'm not aligned to the God that I believe who put me here for some good. So, so at what stage in the journey did you start actually being able to meditate? Because I know it was hard for me to start getting into meditation. First, I started with, um, you know, the heart-focused breathing and yeah. using things like heart math. Yeah, I started, uh, it wasn't uh, very uncomfortable for me to sit because I come from a background of, like I grew up in a family uh, in, in tradition, in Sikh tree, tradition, you, you you know, worship or worship in the sense you sit down and sing devotional, you're going to call in mantra or chant. So I was used to sit down and close my eyes. What I wasn't used to was trying to, you know, how they say is quieting your mind or control your thoughts. So initially it was hard when I did that. But eventually as I got deeper and I started to read more books, I recognized that the journey is not about controlling the thoughts. The journey is about recognizing what you're thinking and bringing your mind to something back like that. If you're having all those negative thoughts, uh, having building that 
ability to separate yourself from those thoughts, not getting pulled with those thoughts. And so I started meditating quite early in the sense, like when I started, decided I wanted to change, I think it was third or fourth thing I started to do because those were the kind of messages I was getting or the people I was following or getting influence from were the ones that were saying that, you know, you need to go within, you need to go understand your inner being because I had tried all the other external things. Like I had worked in corporate, I had gotten promotions, I had worked for the companies I wanted to. I sat down in some very good situations and tables that I for once dreamed of being there, right? So I had done all that and it didn't bring peace. It didn't bring that fulfillment and recognizing that, you know, I, part of, big part of me wanted to know who am I? Like I had this deep burning question, like, who am I? Why am I here? You know, I kept hearing, you should know there, you know, there's a purpose. Everybody has a purpose, but I did not know what my purpose was. And everything, those bigger questions kept drawing me to spiritual wisdom. And the spiritual wisdom said, sit down with yourself and you'll find the answers. So yeah, I mean, it was it was harder when I was fighting my thoughts, like trying to control, but it became easier when I recognized that it's okay. Exactly. There's this YouTube video, um, they talk about like the monkey brain, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, how it's always jumping around, but it's okay because you have to notice it, you know, and acknowledge it. Yeah. All you need to become is witness, like witness to your life, uh, you know, observer in other words that you, you start observing what's happening. Like you are there, but you're also a little bit detached from what is happening. So you're able to observe your thoughts. You're able to observe the situation from a little bit distance. And distance always brings so much more clarity than, you know, does. Um, and it's a journey. It, it's. I, I think if somebody was starting to meditate or having a hard time, just... I think instead of imposing that I was going to do five minutes, 10 minutes, start with two minutes that I'm just going to say, sit two minutes with quiet eyes and I'm not going to try anything. I'm just going to observe what thoughts come to me. I'm just going to observe and recognizing that, hey, I can observe the thoughts. I didn't decide to think those thoughts, but those thoughts came. That means who is thinking the thoughts? There's somebody who is looking at the thoughts coming so that means thoughts and who the one that is looking, observing is two separate things. And that realization, that separation itself becomes so big, like you recognize not that that everything that comes that into your mind that you think is not true. That means you don't even have to act on it. You know, <laughs> whether it's future or past, you know, it's it's all made up story from somewhere. Wow. So Tell, talk a little bit about, about about the work that you've done. I know you have some videos on YouTube. Mm. So like I mentioned, initially I started as a mindset coach. And more recently, say last six months, I've been working on developing the inner wisdom. So I would sit down and I'll have whatever questions I'll have. I will ask my higher self and I'll just wait and listen and what comes through, I'll write it. If I have something available to write down, like 
if I'm just sitting down to get those answers, then I'll have the pen and pen paper or my notebook and I will just play some calm music. I will ask a question and I'll close my eyes. I'll listen what comes through. As soon as the first word comes through, I'll start writing and I'll not think. Then I'll just keep writing till things flow in. So that that's my... I guess that's a way to access your higher self or soul or know deeper answers from within. And and I use that whatever comes through. If it's profound for me, if I feel it's profound for me, I, then I know it's, it's going to be profound for others also. And then I'll create YouTube videos out of it. They're not long. The, big, <laughs> the longest one has been six minutes. So they are pretty short in the terms of uh, length um, i do tend to create uh, one one minute video every i mean i've started that in last uh, 40 45 days that i've started putting one minute video every day and this is how i bring what i am going through or, or what is coming in my awareness and i'm just sharing with people this is what i've been doing um, and every now and then somebody would pop in my linkedin and have questions and uh, I'll get on a call and answer them. And if I can help them, I will do whatever it takes, you know, just share what I know. Sure. How can our listeners find you? Uh, on LinkedIn at the rate Man, the Manpreet Bawa um, and same on YouTube. You um, can share the links. There. But if they want to chat to me or interact, LinkedIn is the best place. If you want to see my work, YouTube has all my videos that are there. Some are just inspired quotes from the masters who have lived before and some that I bring through me asking those questions um, and I'm there uh, (laughs) just putting out whatever comes through me. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Manpreet, for your insight, your wisdom and sharing uh, about your journey. And hopefully that'll inspire somebody else to take that step. Yeah. Yeah. All I want to say is thank you for having me. And, you know, anybody listening, if you're going through a rough time or if whatever situation you are is not making sense, just lean into the situation. Find a way to find love for yourself in a situation because, you know, too often we shame ourselves for being in the situation. So if you, if I were to give you one thing, just love yourself for being there because God knows anybody else in that situation may have broken and given up you know, ages ago. So if you're there, hang in, but also love yourself. Try to do something for yourself. One minute a day, two minutes a day. That will change your life. Small steps. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode. Please write us a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks so much for tuning into Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast. Be sure to check out the show's notes for this episode on www.drsabrinanicole.com and follow us on social media. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. We'll be back next week with more. See you then.